You're listening to the Christ Church Toronto podcast, a recording of the Sunday sermons from Christ Church Toronto. Christ Church Toronto is a new church in Toronto's East End that seeks to practice the ancient Christian faith today. We would love for you to join us in the future, but until then, please turn your attention to the scripture reading. Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us on this special Sunday as we remember the fourth year anniversary of Christ Church Toronto. Thank you, especially for those of you who've been with us from the beginning, for all those of you who've supported and encouraged us through the years. Thank you so much. It is humbling uh, to be to see what God is doing in our midst, and I look forward to watching the way God works in our church in the next four years, and hopefully one day we can reflect back on this church and see how God worked over the next 400 years, if God would be so merciful. We're starting a new sermon series this morning in the book of Titus. I'll be reading Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. I prepared a very brief sermon in light of the uh, congregational meeting after the service and also what looks like almost certain rain uh, on Sunday. And so I'd ask you to give your attention to God's word and then we'll reflect a bit on it. Because again, this is Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The Apostle Paul writes, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, For the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge and the truth, which accords with godliness and hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifest in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God, our savior to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God, the father and Christ. Jesus, our Lord. Let me pray, and then let's reflect for a bit on this passage. O Lord, I thank you for giving to us your word. And now, as we spend just a couple of minutes reflecting on this introduction to this important letter, might you open our eyes and make manifest the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will hear. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, even if you're not in the corporate world, I know you know the scene. You're called into a meeting with coworkers, and at the other end of the table are the consultants. Your boss tells you the consultants have been asked to come and ask questions about the company so that they could sharpen who the company serves and how the company serves them. And in some ways, what you are reading as we read this introduction, this beginning of this letter to Titus, is Paul doing something like that. Paul is writing to his very close co-worker. Actually, it seems likely that he preached the gospel to Titus, and Titus, this Greek man, became a Christian and followed Paul around in ministry for decades. Paul has asked Titus to take on a very difficult task. There's a group of Christians in the island of Crete. I don't know if they were organized into churches, but it seems as though they weren't organized properly. Some 30 years ago, at the day of Pentecost, there were believers who uh, heard the good news of Jesus preached. They heard it in their own tongue, actually, in Acts, at the day of Pentecost. And they believed and were baptized, and they come back to the island of Crete, And it seems as though some 30 years later, this church is still very immature. It is very divided. 
And Paul, this, this servant, really the slave and this messenger sent from God, comes in kind of like a consultant, and he says, here is the focus that needs to take place in this church. He says, here are my priorities, and here's how they should play out in your church. You've got to know who you're called to serve, and you've got to know how you're called to serve them. These are the two quick points we're going to look at this morning, who you're called to serve and how you're called to serve them. And Paul's uh, in, in this introduction, he answers so clearly this question first, who are you called to serve? Paul begins this way. He says that he's a servant, a slave of God and an apostle that is a messenger, a sort of delegate of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect. This is who the church is called to serve, God's elect his chosen people set apart before the foundation of the world to be recipients of his love and kindness and grace. What does this mean for the church in Creed and what does it mean for the church in Toronto today? It means this, that we are called to minister for and to minister to God's elect. These are the people we are called to serve. But we do this knowing not just that God plans out the ends, but also he plans out the means to the ends. There are elect in our city. And ministry is not just about taking care of ourselves. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about laboring intensely that the elect who are in our city, who are living near us, who are on our streets, that they might hear this good news of Jesus, that they might be brought to the church, that they might receive this good news of Jesus and, and fully believe and rest and trust in Christ and be transformed by this gospel. And we labor knowing that God's elect are out there. They are very near And God has planned a church like the church that is being established in Crete and a church like the one being established here in Toronto to go get them. He's planned the means as well as the ends. Just this month in our church, I've been shocked to hear stories that people who attend our church have a sister who had been praying for them that they would find a healthy church and then they end up bumping into an individual at work who invites them to our church. There are many, many, many of our neighbors, I am sure right now, who have a cousin or an aunt or an uncle or a mom or a dad, some who have someone daily praying for them, saying, Lord, rescue my daughter, rescue my son, rescue my cousin, send someone to intervene. And God has a plan that the elect will be rescued. And he's a plan, not just the ends that they will receive salvation, but the means that they will receive salvation because we will be found faithful ministering to them, crying out to anyone who will listen about the good news of Jesus, to everyone we can, sharing the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, to a hopeless world, knowing full and well that we just might be talking to one of God's elect whom might have mom or grandma praying for him daily. This is who we're called to minister to, God's mysterious elect who are out there. Their number is certain. It cannot grow larger and it cannot diminish. And that doesn't mean we just sit on our hands and become the frozen chosen. It means we boldly proclaim the gospel, knowing full and well that when the elect hear, they will come alive. 
they will respond. And it's our joy to find them, to seek them out. This is who we're called to serve. But now let's ask, how do we serve them? Paul makes clear our goal is to see faith flourish in the elect, but also to give them knowledge, not just sort of an intellectual knowledge that they can recite sort of facts and win Bible trivia contests, but a knowledge that leads to a godliness. We'll speak so much more about this in the book. And not just a faith, not just a knowledge, but also a hope in eternal life. That one day God will fix all that is broken in our world. And God has promised to do that and he will dwell with us and all will be made well. And because of his character, we know he will do these things because he cannot lie. Interestingly enough that Paul starts this letter so aggressively because the citizens of Crete were known as liars. In fact, they had glorious mythologies about Greek gods that had their origins on their island and who sort of raised were, were elevated to power because of their skills at being deceptive and lying. At the time Paul's writing this book, we know that to be a Cretan is a, a, a euphemism for being a liar. To pull a Cretan is to, to uh, say a lie. So how do we serve God's elect? By both God's command and his entrustment, though, we seek to see their uh, faith flourish their knowledge grow and their hope grow. But the means by which we're going to do that is through preaching God's word. This is how God has made the good news of the gospel manifest. It's through preaching God's word that Jesus is made known to all who hear, to all who listen. And what this means is that faith, knowledge, which leads to godliness and hope are going to flourish under the preaching of God's word, of of a preacher opening up the Bible and making God's word known that the listener might hear and receive and know Jesus. This is how God's chosen people will become his people here on earth, through coming under the preaching of his word. This is how God's people will grow to understand their identity and be transformed by this truth, become a morally virtuous people. By sitting under the preaching of God's word, it is how this hope that we must have in a hopeless world will flourish in us, that there is more to our life beyond death by sitting under the preaching of God's word. God's word is the tool God has given to us that God has seen fit to use that that his elect might be called out of this world and sustained and stimulated and carried on in the world to come. We cannot ever be a people who neglect the preaching of God's word. And Paul is reminding us that we can never lose confidence in this power of God's word. And when we lose confidence in the power of God's word, it will be the end of our church. Let me ask you, it's easy to say we have a high view of preaching at our church and maybe you as an individual attending our church assent to a church which would have a high view of preaching. But how is your theology of the preached word throughout the week? Do you find yourself depending on and remembering and trusting God's word as you help your children through difficult periods, as you do your best to give wisdom to a friend who's caught in a difficult decision, as you think through how to act at your workplace when tough ethical issues approach you? Do you trust God's word even then? The Sundays on uh, the sermons that come to you on Sundays... Do they help you get through the real stuff at life? 
This could be the fault of a bad preacher, but I'll tell you one thing. It's never the fault of it's never the fault of God's word. We have the same tools that the Apostle Paul had, the same tools that Titus had. Jesus has been made known and made manifest in this word through the word preached. And this is how faith, knowledge, and hope will be stimulated in the church until Christ returns. This is the call Paul has had on his life. Who are we to serve? We're to serve God's elect. How are we to serve them? Through the word preached to them, counseled to them, given to them. May this be the call we heed as we move towards year five of our church. Let me pray. Thank you for listening to the Christ Church Toronto podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit our website at ChristChurchToronto.ca or email us at info at ChristChurchToronto.ca.